Hi, my name is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast of the New Testament. I'll be using as the text the King James Version, along with the Joseph Smith Translation. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort's been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. I'll also be using quotes from general authorities of the Church, the Apostles and Prophets, and BYU professors and others, and uh, every word out of the Scriptures themselves. So if you're ready for a really detailed analysis of the New Testament, you've come to the right place. Welcome. Hi there, welcome back. This will be for 2 Corinthians chapter 9. God loves and rewards a cheerful giver. Thanks be to him for his unspeakable gift. What's the unspeakable gift, I wonder? Verse 1, For as touching the ministering to the saints, it is superfluous for me to write to you, for I know the forwardness of your mind, for which I boast of you to them of Macedonia, that Achaia was ready a year ago, and your zeal hath provoked very many. Yet have I sent the brethren, lest our boasting of you should be in vain in this behalf, that as I said, ye may be ready. Lest haply, if they of Macedonia come with me and find you unprepared, we, that we say not ye, should be ashamed in this same confident boasting. Therefore I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren that they go that they would go before you, and make up beforehand your bounty, whereof ye had noticed before that the same might be ready as a matter of bounty, and not as not as of covetousness. Paul explains at some length that his purpose in going to Judea was to take a welfare donation from Macedonia and Achaia to the poor saints which are at Jerusalem. Paul urges the Corinthian saints to get their donation ready beforehand so that he could obtain it when he arrived. The emphasis on these things brings us to get brings us another significant feature. Acts 11 makes scant reference to Paul as a welfare worker and mentions one occasion when when with Barnabas he took a donation to the saints in Jerusalem. This was about AD 41 or 44 and was possibly Paul's earliest experience with welfare as a church program. However, as indicated above, his epistles give evidence that in the years that followed he became a diligent welfare worker, collecting donations throughout Galatia, Macedonia, and Greece for the Judean saints. That was by Robert Matthews. Verse 6, But this I say, he that he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. Brigham Young said, We say to the saints, Do not pay tithing unless you want to. Do not help to build up this temple unless you want to. Do not put forth your hands to do one day's work unless you want to. If you grudgingly put forth your means to help to gather the saints, it will be a curse to you. Hugh Nibley said, According to James E. Talmadge, The spirit of giving makes the tithe the tithe holy and it is by me it is by means thus sanctified that the mortal that the material activities of the church are carried on i mentioned or asked the question before how, how does tithing get holy it's because of our willingness to uh, to give it that it becomes holy in Moroni it says, For behold, God hath said a man being evil cannot do that which is good, for if he offereth a gift, or prayeth unto God, except he shall do it with real intent, it profiteth him nothing. For behold, it is not counted unto him for righteousness. For behold, if a man being evil giveth a gift, he doeth it grudgingly, wherefore it is counted unto him the same as if he had retained the gift, wherefore he is counted evil before God. Everything on earth be- belongs to God, so we should cheerfully share what we have according to his principle. To, to his principles of caring for the poor. You should pay fast offerings along with your tithing. Verse 8, And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. 
As it is written, He hath dispersed abroad, He hath given to the poor, His righteousness remaineth forever. Now, he that ministereth seed to the sower, both minister bread for your good, or for your food, and multiply your seed sown, and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causeth through us thanksgiving to God, for the administration of this service not only supplieth the want of the saints, but is abundant also by many thanksgiving, thanksgivings unto God, whilst by the experiment of this ministration they glory they glorify God for your professed subjection unto the gospel of Christ and for your liberal con, liberal distribution unto them and to all men and by their prayers for by their prayer for you which long after you for the exceeding grace of God in you thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift there is a difference between the gift of the Holy Ghost and the unspeakable gift of the Holy Ghost. The gift of the Holy Ghost is administered by the laying on of hands to those who have been baptized. It teaches the individual spiritual knowledge. By this spirit we understand that Jesus is the Christ. We learn that the Book of Mormon is the Word of God. We are taught to pray and to do good while, we joy, while the joy we feel from this spirit may be inexpressible. The doctrines we learn are not unspeakable. We may freely speak of them to anyone who understands the things of the Spirit. The unspeakable gift of the Holy Ghost is different. All those who receive the gift of the Holy Ghost are entitled to the gifts of the Spirit, one of which is the unspeakable gift. It is a gift of revelation, prophecy, and knowledge whereby an individual is taught about the things that cannot be written, neither can they be uttered by man. This knowledge is so sacred that it is unlawful to speak of it. It is knowledge which has not been revealed since the world was until now. By this unspeakable gift, Paul ascended to the third heaven and heard unspeakable words which it is not lawful for man to utter. By this unspeakable gift, Joseph Smith and Sidney Rigdon saw the great and marvelous things which God commanded them not to write because it was not lawful for man to utter. Neither is man capable to make them known, for they are only to be seen and understood by the power of the Holy Spirit. By this unspeakable gift, the Nephites were taught great and marvelous things, declaring, I hath never seen, neither hath the ear heard before so great and marvelous things as we saw and heard Jesus speak unto the Father. By this unspeakable gift, those who have purified themselves and endured valiantly for the gospel of Christ will some day have all things revealed unto them. This is the time when nothing shall be withheld. Whether there be one God or many gods, they shall be manifest. All thrones and dominions, principalities and powers shall be revealed and set forth. All of this and more will be revealed and understood by the unspeakable gift of the Holy Ghost. So now you know what the unspeakable gift of the Holy Ghost is, and uh, we should all obtain that. That's the end of the chapter, and we'll see you next time. Bye.